0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. We're in the series called Dangerous Prayers, and we started this off last week with an amazing prayer called God Search Me. And so today we're going to dive a little bit deeper with this. And this is perhaps the most dangerous prayer you could ever pray. And I'm going to challenge you to pray this. Now, not everyone's going to like this. Not everyone's going to agree with this. Because sometimes we want a sort of a sanitized, you know, clean view of Christianity. And this is actually not that at all. This is a deep dive into what God really calls us to be. And so the message is entitled, God break me. And so this is the most dangerous prayer of all. And not everyone wants to or is willing to pray this prayer. But if you pray this prayer, it's going to build you like nothing else has ever built you in your life. It's going to completely transform your life. And we think about it, you know, when you think about constructing something, Sometimes you have an old building, and it might be a comfortable building. Maybe you lived in this house for many years, and you know every room, you know every corner, you know everything there, and it's just comfortable, but it's not new. And you want to get something brand new, a brand spanking new house that is modern, up-to-date, and has all the amenities and facilities that you want. Well, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to destroy what is there, pull it down, you know, deconstruct it, demolish it, and then build a brand new thing. Well, that's exactly what this prayer is about. It's about stripping away all our fallacies, all of our views, so to speak, of what we think our life with God is about, and actually build a life based on what Jesus has asked us to build. Not on superficiality, not on, you know, popularity, but on the truth of what God desires for you and for me. And so As I said before, this is going to, you know, scare some of you. This is going to kind of say, this is too much for me. But I'm going to challenge you to dive in because this is going to be a transformative prayer. And one of the most challenging things as Christ followers is to consider giving God permission to do a deep work in your life. And I do say give God permission because most of us are unwilling to allow God to come in and do a complete transformative work in our life. We open up certain areas of our life, you know, certain places and certain things to God, but we don't open ourselves up completely to God for him to come in and do a true work of transformation. And so this is going to actually pray. This prayer is going to say, God, I'm not. Ha- I'm not keeping any hidden areas in my life. I'm opening myself up completely for you to come in and examine, check out, and do a work in every single area of our life. The reality is that this is not consistent with that make-you-feel-good version of Christianity that is so popular out there, where they say, you know, you come to Jesus and your life is just going to be one happy merry-go-round, and it's just going to be all these amazing things. You'll never have a problem in your life. And that is so far from the truth of Scripture. That is so far from the actual reality of being a Christ follower, you know. And so one of the challenges of praying this most dangerous prayer is that it's forever going to change you it's forever going to make you new. It's forever going to give you a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. And if you can handle that, and if you desire that, if it's truly your heart's desire, then you're going to pray this prayer. But if you want some sort of superficiality walk with Jesus, if you just want, you know, the feel-good version where you think that everything is just going to work out if you choose Jesus, then probably not. You're not going to pray this prayer. And so for those of you that are willing to pray this prayer, you can begin to imagine the depth and the wisdom that will flow out of it. But with everything that is expensive or anything that is worth, there is a cost involved to that. Imagine the deep relationship that you can truly have with God rather than based on some superficial thing. Imagine, you know, the the walk you could enjoy, the most amazing, adventurous experience you could have in your life. And you're missing out on that because sometimes we're not willing to invest what it takes to get a valuable outcome or a return. And so I want to challenge you again to go for that deep, intimate relationship with God. And so this prayer, which is God, break me, is going to actually open up your life to that place of intimacy, And to do that, we want to examine a couple of instances in scripture. And it comes predominantly to us from the gospel of Mark. And John Mark, of course, is writing the story that he's heard from Peter. And he's giving us the actual version of what Peter saw. Peter was there when he saw this. And so in Mark 14, he tells us about this amazing encounter that Jesus had with this woman. And this woman had had such a profound change in her life. Jesus has truly impacted her. And Luke, of course, gives us a very similar story, a parallel version to the story in his version, Luke chapter seven, and he refers to this woman as a sinful woman. Now, this woman is in Bible speak, that's kind of like a sinful way the sinful word means that she was a prostitute. It doesn't come out and say that, but that's Bible speak for that word. She was a prostitute, you know she had a very shameful career. She was kind of disgusted by, society was disgusted with her. She didn't have one of those popular jobs or, or worthwhile jobs, you know, and she was hated by women. Women actually despised her. And of course, men abused her and put her down. She was just a plaything to most men. And we don't know exactly why she ended up in this situation. No one by choice decides one day, hey, I'm going to go out there and sell my body for money. No one decides as a little girl to say, you know what, my dream in life is to become someone that uses my body to attract attention and get money for it. No one does that. So we know that by circumstance, whatever happened in her life, maybe she had an abusive childhood, maybe she was you know, neglected by the people in her life, her loved one, whatever it is, maybe she was under dire financial situations and she felt she had no choice in life. But whatever the circumstances, she had resorted or it got to this point where she was in this profession of selling her body. And so people didn't respect her. People, you know, women absolutely didn't want anything to do with her. And men looked at her as something that they could just use at certain points when they had the desire. And so she wasn't welcome at any party. She wasn't welcome into any household with open arms. She was looked down upon her as a society, and she wasn't really welcome in any sort of environment. But that is completely different to how Jesus interacts with her. Jesus showed her respect. Jesus loved her. Jesus showed her honor and provided her with dignity. As we look into the scripture, and this is what it says in Mark chapter 14, While Jesus was in Bethany reclining at the table in the house of Simon the leper. A woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Now, what you need to understand is that this was a very, very expensive and treasured possession. It was something that a lot of people in that time could not afford, especially women. They could not afford this very expensive perfume. But this woman had used this for her business. You know, it was her calling card. It was a business card, so to speak, because it would signal to all the men in the area, hey, I'm available. You know, this is my profession. And there was no one going up and putting up a sign, but this was her calling card that would say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm available for. And so this would be her sort of call to people. And so average people could not afford this and it was a very expensive thing. And so when she brought this and poured it over Jesus, That was something that even the disciples around about Jesus freaked out about. They said, you know what? This was just an extravagant thing. It's a waste because you're using using this very expensive perfume to just pour it out. It's not worth anything, you know. And they said that this could be sold and money could be taken and given to the poor. You could help uplift other people's lives. Why are you wasting it just pouring it out? In fact, it says that it was so expensive that it was about a year worth of wages. So imagine whatever your wages for a year, you buy one product and you just pour it out. Would you do that? No, you wouldn't, right? No, most normal people wouldn't do that. But this woman brought something that was so valuable, so expensive, and she began to pour it out. And basically she was saying to Jesus, Jesus, you've truly impacted my life to such an extent that I'm willing to pour out the most expensive thing that I have, everything I have, everything I own, she gave it to God. She gave it to Jesus. You know, and so understand this, her gift represented her past, leaving her sinful life. She had made a decision to come to Jesus and to follow Jesus. And so she was willing to put away all of her ties to her past sinful life. And the act of breaking open this alabaster jar of expensive ointment, and pouring it over, Jesus was signifying to everyone around that I put away my past. I put away everything that I hope that I have in life, and I'm just going to rely completely on Jesus because it's not going to have any. I'm not going to have anything left in my life of anything worth. All my days of working, all those days of of selling my body, all those hours of of doing those things are going to come to nothing because I've used all of that to attain this most expensive product, but now I'm just going to pour it out. And so she broke open this jar, signifying that she was cutting ties with her past. And that would have required tremendous courage and tremendous faith in knowing who Jesus was and what Jesus could do for her. And so she began to do that and she poured it out. So here's that picture again. She broke open the ointment and she poured it out over Jesus. It was her extravagant act of worship. She took something that was worth something dear to her life. She took something that was so expensive. She took something that she had saved her entire life, perhaps to get her out of this life of prostitution, and poured it over Jesus. She was giving up her future she her, this gift represented her future her savings her provision her way out and she was willing to pour all of that right onto Jesus you know this was tantamount to say a fisherman going out and burning down his boat and saying you know what I'm just going to burn this this is how I take care of my life this is how I take care of my family this is going to provide for me I'm just going to burn it and that's exactly what she was doing she was burning down her future, so to speak. She was destroying her future. With a very act of extravagant worship, she poured it out over Jesus. And Jesus makes mention of this. He, he honors her and he says this. This is one of the most beautiful things he has seen. And the good news, he said, is that this act is going to be talked about for eternity. And that's why we're talking about it now, because her very act of extravagant worship, her willingness to break what her future held and to pour it over Jesus was an act that required tremendous courage and it required to rely on Jesus completely. And to say, I'm opening myself up, God. I'm opening myself up to you. Break me because I have nothing in my life that's worth anything unless you come in and do a work of transformation. And that's a very dangerous thing to do because you're saying, God, I put my complete faith. I could put my complete trust. I put my everything, my past, my future, and my present into your hands. You do with what you can with my life because I've done what I've tried to do and it's not amounted to anything worthwhile. So I'm giving it over to you so you can do something amazing with it. And yes, it's going to cost me something, but I'm willing to do it because there's going to be a tremendous upside to it. I can tell you this from my own personal life as well. You know, my experience of being broken is not always the most worthwhile thing to talk about in pleasant company because you don't want to talk about, you know, the the mess in your life. You don't want to talk about the days of depression. You don't want to talk about the days where you went through extreme anxiousness and went through extreme pain and suffering. You know, as many of you know, a few years ago I had a real health scare when it came to my life where I was diagnosed with cancer. And it was something that felt like, you know, I could not get over this. And I had to trust in God. And I'm like, you know what, God, I don't know why this came into my life. I don't understand the circumstance of it. But, you know, I trust you. And soon after that, you know, it took a turn for the worse because people began to accuse me of things that I never did in my life. And so You know, they began to say things about me, people all around me were going around and talking behind my back, speaking things about me, accusing me of things. People that I thought were my friends went and said some of the meanest things about you about me that you can possibly imagine. They went around and lied about what I did based on their agenda and what they wanted to do and they spread rumors and things about me and people began to believe that, you know, and the amazing thing is that Those people who I thought were my friends, not one of them came to me and said, you know, we've heard this about you and we just wanted to know if that's true or not. No one came up to me and said they just began to believe all the rumors and all the lies that went around and you know people in the church started to accuse me of stuff and said I did things that I never did and I had ulterior and bad motives and all of these things and you know it became a tremendous stress on top of what I was just recovering from this major surgery that I had in my life and I remember sitting down and, and getting to the point where I actually cried out to God and I said God I don't even know how much more I can take of this i'm I'm just at my wits end I, I Can't handle this because it felt like pressure from every single area of my life. And I began to say, God, how much more of this can I take? How much more do I have to break under all these lies and rumors and accusations and all these things? And I remember saying, you know, I don't think I can deal with this anymore. I don't think I can continue on. You know, I continue on even with life and with ministry. And I felt like I just call it quits. You know, I've just had enough. Why do I need to continue to? push ahead when everyone seems to be against me, call me names, accuse me, put me down, say all manner of vile, disgusting things that are totally untrue. And it began to be a pressure and I had no one to talk to but God because, you know, who can I defend? Who can defend myself against anyone when they don't even come and talk to me or they just go around and accuse me? I remember having this deep conversation with God and I began to just cry out to him, tears streaming down my face and God, why is this happening? And became one of the most hurtful seasons of my life because it began to feel like God was just breaking me apart and I had nothing literally left to stand on. And to say that I was going through hell would be giving hell a good name because it was more than I can possibly imagine. And I remember praying to God, I remember praying, you know, in seasons passing, God, I want to be more like you. I want to be like you, Jesus. Make me more like you. And I remember the comfort from the Lord coming, saying that if I'm going to be like Jesus, then I have to go through similarly what Jesus did. It's not you know, an easy thing to do, to be broken. It's not an easy thing to be broken apart, to be exposed, to be left empty. And to be honest, I didn't even feel like God was with me because he says he was, but I didn't feel like he was with me. But to be like Jesus, you have to go through things that Jesus did, you know. And the comfort in the middle of that, looking back on it now, I realized that it was an area of tremendous growth and strength in my life. It brought me through and made me into a better person, built on resilience, built on strength, built on what God wants from my life, and began to strip away the things that were not important in my life. And, you know, to be honest, this does not fit with the narrative of modern Christianity, where it's so that if you follow Jesus, everything is just going to be great and you can choose this, this life of great joy and happiness and everything will work out. And the reality is that that is not what Jesus did. That is not what Jesus talked about. And that's not what he actually, ha- what happened in his life as well. Jesus lived to be broken and poured out. And he asks us to do that because he, it strips away our need and our necessity to rely on things apart from God. This is what Jesus said. And it talks about him going to the cross. And if you know the cross, it was a place of tremendous suffering. And in Mark 20, uh, verse 14, the same chapter, a few verses down from this experience of this woman, Jesus says this in, in verse 22. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, Take, for this is my body. He was speaking about what would happen to his body, would be broken for them. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it, and he gave it to them, and they all drank it. And he said to them, this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. Luke, of course, gives us this other text to it, a parallel text, and it says this, and Jesus took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. You see, Jesus was broken for you and for me. His life was taken, a life that was perfect, and it was broken, broken because it brought us an understanding of us being broken and away from God so we can come into reconciliation. And he says, do this. My life is broken for you. A life of brokenness for God's purpose. Do this, he says, in remembrance of my breaking. Do this so you can remember that I was broken. Do this and remember this. And this is not just a ritual we perform. It's not act we do just because, you know, we do it for the sake of doing it. No, it's, it's to show us that God was broken for us. Jesus was broken for us and that we are dependent upon his brokenness to have fullness in our life. And he says, do this, pray this prayer, live this way when you do this. You will live a life of true victory because when you are broken, it moves you away from the need of things in your life and elevates you for your need of God. And it's not just a one-time thing because, you know, as much as that experience was hurtful in the past, it's not the only time that I've gone through that experience and been broken. And I know it's going to be broken again and again and again because if you truly want to live a life that God wants you he's going to have to break your need for things of this world things in your life that don't necessarily benefit you that but we are addicted to we rely on that we crave that we want that we think is necessary and God is breaking our need and our dependence on those things. And as I said before, this is a dangerous prayer because it's going to remove things from your life. It's going to be a painful experience. It's going to be something that you're not necessarily looking forward to, but it's the most beneficial thing you can do in your life. See, when you're broken, you don't care about what other people think. When you're broken for God, you don't need their approval. When you're broken, you don't need their attention. You see God's attention, you see God's desire, and you see God first. See, oftentimes when we talk about how strong we are, we talk about how strong we are to impress other people, but it's our connection to brokenness that brings us together in the spirit of unity. It's when we are broken together, when you cry with your friend or when they go through loss, and when you talk about the loss of things in your life, that's what connects you to the heart of other people because all of us, whether we agree or not, understand what brokenness feels like. We know the, the loss of something in our life and we know that it's not a good feeling and that's what brings us together. And so when we understand that Jesus was broken for us and when we pray God break me, it brings us into this intimacy with Jesus that you can't get any other way. And when you pray break me, God's going to use your rejection When people reject you, God's going to use the failures of your life, the pain of your life, the hurt in your life, and he's going to use those things to bring you to the place of intimacy with him. It's in these things, the losses, the failures, the rejection, and the hurt that you will be built up from the ground up to be a strong Christ follower, one that relies on God and no one else. You know, it'll be your most effective ministry and you will come. that will come out of the most deeply hurtful seasons of your life. Out of your deepest hurts, you get the biggest victory. So our mission, of course, is to be fully devoted people of Jesus, to be fully devoted Christ followers, not partially devoted, not certain areas of our life opened up, but to be opened up in every single area. And so when you pray this prayer, break me, God's going to break you of pride. He's going to break you for the love of this world. He's going to break you out of your own self in your need for self. He's going to break that over your life. And as I said before, it's a dangerous prayer. Not everyone is willing to pray that because sometimes we're comfortable with ourselves. We're comfortable in our in our house, as broke down as it is, as broke down our areas in our life. Sometimes it brings us comfort and we refuse to allow God to come in and clean us up. And so understand this life's greatest breaking leads to life's greatest victory life's greatest breaking leads to life's greatest victory And so praying this prayer is not actually advanced Christianity. That's what I want to tell you. This is not some superstar Christianity that's reserved for like monks and, you know, priests and people who meditate and think about God all day. This is not reserved. This prayer is not for some advanced level of Christianity. This is Christianity 101. This is your start of your walk with Jesus. God, break me. You know, and actually it's the first prayer that we should pray It's the truest picture of salvation itself. God, remove all my desires and make me anew in your image. Take my life, break it so it can be poured out over you. It's given for you. And that's the amazing message of the gospel, isn't it? It's an invitation for God to come in and truly transform our life. It's saying, God, I surrender. And that's what we sing the song, I surrender all. We talk about, you know, grace and salvation. But when it comes to truly praying this prayer, we struggle with it because we really don't want to get into every single nuance of our life, for God to get into every single area of life, because it feels threatening. It feels like something's going to happen. And the reality is it is going to happen you're going to go through a tremendous season where it feels like things in your life are being ripped apart, and it does not feel good, but it brings you through better, stronger, and more reliant on God than on people. You see, when this sinful woman, this prostitute, broke this jaw, she didn't hold back a single drop because that could have been her security and her future. She, but she didn't reserve it. She didn't held it back. She broke it out completely and she poured it all. Her total reliance is broken completely open. There was nothing left that she could rely on. And so she broke open her past, her present and her future for Jesus to completely transform her. And when Jesus talk, talks about his body being broken, he does it in the same fashion. He is broken so you and I can come in He's broken so we can remember that it took a place of brokenness to bring victory. It wasn't a crown that Jesus got us victory. In. It was on a cross of deep suffering and pain that gave us victory. And so when Jesus' body was broken, he gave his whole life. You know, scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were away from God, while we hated God, while we didn't respect him, didn't honor him or want to do anything for him or with him or even know him, he gave his life. He broke his life. And so when it comes to our life, what are we holding back? What are we protecting? What are we shielding from ourselves? What do we think that we we don't want to open up to God? Maybe it's time for you and for me to pray this dangerous prayer. God, break me break me of my desires for things, break me of my desires to please people, break me of my desire for affections of things that I don't need in my life, break me from attention seeking, break me from my desire for social media where I'm addicted to, break me from the things that take me away from you, because I desire with all of my heart to walk in love with you. That is my desire. And I've prayed that a number of times. I'm going to continue to pray that, but it's not an easy prayer, it's a dangerous prayer. And as I said at the start, not all of us are willing to pray that prayer because it means a life of exposure, but it's an exposure to the one who loves you the most. And so I'm going to challenge you transformers, I'm going to challenge you Christ followers. I'm going to challenge you all that me, even though maybe if you've never followed Jesus. But you've lived a life that you thought that everything would work out and you found that every decision and every choice has actually led to disaster and you've made a mess of your own life. So why don't hand it over to the one that loves you more than you love yourself and he can make you anew in his image where you're not dependent on people's attention, people's desires, but dependent on him. And you will be one of the strongest Christ followers around because you walk in obedience you live in love and you're saturated with the desire to please God and not self so let me pray with you as we come bring this to a conclusion and I'm hoping and I'm challenging you and I'm encouraging you to pray this prayer but don't be surprised when things feel like they're going to hell it's not God destroying you It's God breaking you to make you better than you were before. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, this is one of the most difficult things to do, to surrender our necessity to be elevated in our own eyes, to truly surrender and open up our life to you and say, Lord God, break me. God, break me for you. Break me of my desire and pride. Break me of my desire and addictions. Break, of, break me of all the things that I put in my life that are not necessary but I feel comfortable with and elevate my desire for you above everything else. Lord, this is a dangerous prayer to pray because it exposes us and opens up hidden areas in our life we don't necessarily want to look at or address. And so I'm praying, Lord God, with all of us together and all those that have taken up this challenge and and stepped forward in faith, Lord God, break me. Break us so we are more like you. Break us so we rely on you more. Break us so we can truly be like you, Jesus. We thank you, we honor you, and we bless you. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.